It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Live in New York City with enormous breaking news this morning. The New England Patriots and Bill Belichick are parting ways after 24 seasons. I don't see any way he's done. You know, the fire's still there. You don't think that people are going to be lining up to get Bill Belichick? Nick Saban, Alabama head coach, has just informed his team he is retiring from college football. Deep down, I think he knew this was the moment. Win or lose last week, it was a great time to leave. Wow, that's my reaction. It's wow. The entire show we had planned went up in smoke. That's pretty much the reality of it. Again, Saban yesterday after Pete Carroll yesterday. Carroll, a long and incredibly successful tenure in Seattle. And then a few hours later, Nick Saban announcing his retirement. Oh my goodness, Clear out a week of programming time. And then 12 hours later this morning, Shefty and Mike Reese with the news that Bill Belichick and the Patriots go their separate ways. Uh, Delighted that you're here with us. We will spend two hours talking about all this today. The hashtag crew is all ready to go. But there's always one voice that I think of when really monumental things happen in football, um, particularly those that involve the history of the sport, because there's one person who I know has an even greater appreciation and understanding of it than I do and certainly someone who also over the years has had an extraordinarily close relationship with Bill Belichick, maybe more so than anyone else in the media, and that is ESPN's own icon, Chris Berman, who is good enough to jump in with us this morning and share a few thoughts. Boomer, I I can't tell you how much we all appreciate this, and I I think the only right way to start this is just to give you the floor. Uh, Bill Belichick and the Patriots, after 24 unprecedentedly successful seasons together, what thoughts are in your mind today? Well, first of all, Greedy, Happy New Year. Let me be the last to wish you a Happy New Year, mm-hmm. right? You knew that was coming. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you just detailed it bigger picture, and then I'll answer it. I mean, a seismic 24 hours. I mean, it, 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 that means Andy Reid and John Harbaugh and Mike Tomlin are the last ones left in the Alamo, right? Mm-hmm. Um, after all of these, um, the biggest names in the sport really leaving. So for Bill, look, did did any did, did no one knew? Okay, it for sure was done. He may have, and the crafts may have, and maybe we'll find that out in a little while. Maybe we won't. But that's not the issue today. I mean, what you asked me was, well, here's a guy that won 333 games, most all of them, or obviously the bulk of them with the Patriots, and and set a mark that may never be. Uh, equaled, meaning the six Super Bowls and all the, not to mention others in and not to mention others as assistant. You know the resume and your listeners know the resume as well as I do. What's interesting in anybody that's been around as long as he, and I'm sure, and we could say the same, for example, about Don Shula, but for Bill specifically, think of the ways they won. I know this year was very little of it. Although, to the end, their defense played very well with maybe without their best two players. But nobody's analyzing this year's team now, Greeny. Um, when they won in 0-1, they were kind of unknown, even though 
they won their last five or six games going into the playoffs, whatever it was, with an unknown quarterback. We know the history. They, if they had, if Antoine Smith might have been the running back then, mm-hmm. if he had a thousand yards, that's just what he had. I don't even know that. You can't really name very many offensive skill players from the team. And even in 03 and 04, defense was more the calling card, even by 04, when New England won their third of four. They had Corey Dillon the last one. Um, and you knew who Troy Brown was, and you knew a couple other names, but it wasn't, and you knew the kicker, obviously, being a Terry, but this was, we hold them to 17, we'll get 20, and, and we'll win. All right, now 07, not very long thereafter, here's Tom to Randy, what was it, 25 times? Mm-hmm. He threw 50. Um, again, they lost at the very end, but they're 18-0 and 0 going into the last minute of the Super Bowl. And so they won with dynamics. Oh, my God, one of the most dynamic offenses of all time, right? And then as their defense, that great defense, a lot of the names we knew grew a little older. And then there was the, for them, a little down period in which they did not even advance to Super Bowl and then lost the one to the Giants. And then here they go. And the, the narrative is almost, ooh, so not even they are going to win a Super Bowl again, huh? And then here's 14 with the, the play at the goal line against Seattle. And then here's here's 16. And then here's... Here's 18, a game that was tied almost back to the future, uh, Greeny. It was 3-3, I think, going into the fourth quarter with Mm -hmm. the Rams, if I'm not mistaken. I'm doing this off the top of my head. So I'm not saying that he he won all of them with Tom Brady. I get it. And there were certain components offensively, the slot receiver, Troy Brown to Wes Welker. To, uh, to uh, Will Amendola there for a little bit, but but obviously Julian Edelman, there was that. The 11 team had the double tight ends, Gronk and, and, and the late Aaron Hernandez, mm-hmm. right? So that was a different. But defense above all, even if it wasn't the dominant in 07, was the calling card, the steady, along with the quarterback, along with the coach. Um the, the one thing I will say about Bill, because I do know this, and, and you do too, is that he loved, loved, okay, they have a game Sunday. Let's say it's regular time, one or four. And then maybe Sunday night would sneak back in the office just to look at that game a little. But he loved, after the players were out of the building Monday, the 48 hours or the 40 hours, you, you do the math, from, okay, let's devise a plan for this week's opponent, and we're playing the so-and-sos. And what do they have that's great that if we don't do anything about that, they're going to beat us? Well, we got to stop this. So by the time the players would come in at 8 o'clock or whatever on Wednesday morning, and here's the game plan this week, guys, he loved that 40 hours. And what that is, is the most basic of X and O football. Mm-hmm. He never wavered with that. I'm not saying he's alone, Greeny, but that's what I will always appreciate as a football fan. Now, I, I didn't see any of this in person, obviously, but I know. A marvel. He loved it. He just... He'd smile when I'd ask him about it. Oh, like Monday night when you're cranking on, you know, the, the game plan for the Kansas City Chiefs or whatever. He loved it. 
And that's the essence of a guy born in football. And he will be somewhere else if that's what he wants, whether it's next year or take a year off. That that, that never wavered. And I, I know you know that's true. A hundred percent. Greeny live about the Heineken River deck at Pier 17. And in that way, maybe he found his kindred spirit to have the kind of success that Bill Belichick and Tom Brady had together, it's a miracle. It, it is literally once in a lifetime. It's never happened before. And what you're saying reminds me so much when I had Brady's father on after they won the last Super Bowl in Tampa or something, I asked him, what makes him keep going? And and he said to me, because he loves the little things, all the stuff everyone else hates, the stuff everyone dreads, all of the, all of the things that eventually drive people out of the game – because it's not the glory, it's the minutia that Brady loved that stuff. And you're telling us, and we know it, that Bill loved that stuff. And maybe that explains their symbiosis, why they were able to do that together, because they loved the parts of this that most people hate. Uh, that, I, I think you're certainly onto something. And a lot, I'm sure they butted heads in a mm-hmm. uh, teammate, uh, in a, you know, we're both trying to achieve the same thing, but I don't mean butted heads more than two guys who are at the ultimate top of their profession and, and proved that pretty early on um, in new England that they, you're right. There a lot of their minutiae, if we pronounce that correctly, was, was different. Right. But mm-hmm. a lot of it also was the team. Again, look, any successful team, coach quarterback would say the same thing but when you've won 333 games and all the super bowls and and etc and have all the success and and mold a player and almost all the time i'm, I'm going to be proven wrong with this again i'm all off the top of my head here but you know the team usually was flying in december right it's the team that ended up going somewhere mm-hmm. um you know how do you Oh, we're two and two in September again. Are we up tight? Well, what's wrong with the with the uh, making it up? The, the what's wrong with the offense? Well, uh, they it's September thirtieth. He wouldn't. He told me a long time ago. Again, any longtime coach would say this is true. But I mean, this is out of his mouth. It was one time. I think I was up there in late August. I mean, kind of earlier, middle on of, of this run. And I said, so, so what kind of team you got? You know, it was like a week to go to the season. And he goes, Boomer, anybody that thinks they know what they have before you've played four or five games is kidding themselves. Hmm. He goes, now we would scout another team. And yeah, they have this, these two pass receivers or whatever it is. Right. But any, anybody, any coach is fooling himself if they really think they know what they have until we played a quarter of the season. And and it doesn't mean like you're trying to go 0-4 and not worry about it, but it, how things like that. He he did, look, it did anybody, you know, his every move he made, you can go, whoa, remember that he went for it in his own. Now, by the way, analytics would say, go for it on your own 30, the game against Indianapolis, mm-hmm. right? I mean, well, what was he doing? Well, they couldn't stop Peyton that day, so we're trying to go for it and never give him the ball or whatever. Again, but the way he would work clocks and stuff with six minutes to go in the half. Again, is he the only one that ever did it? No, but he, his mind is, shouldn't say was, is 
they're thinking about stuff that you and I, who follow football pretty closely, although we would never, you know, overstep what we think we know compared to anybody in the game. But think about things that, how do you even think about that while your player is hurt? Or this guy's just torched you for five catches for 120 in the first half. But Mm -hmm. I'm also managing to get, how do you come up with all that? Very unique mind in addition to uh, everything else about Bill. And then very quick final thought here, Boomerang, because I'm going to run out of time. But this is something that I think you will appreciate. Marcus Spears on Get Up this morning said, guys, can we not make this seem so sad? It, it is it is not a funeral. And I get that. And I agree with it, of course. It's a celebration on some level of these great careers. But there's also something, those of us who mark the passage of time by sports, anytime an era like this comes to an end, it does leave me feeling very melancholic. It it leaves me feeling a little bit sad. I'm watching video of of Bill Belichick coaching Lawrence Taylor for crying out loud this morning, and that's three generations ago, and he's one of the last remaining links to that. When, when, When these kinds of eras come to an end, how does it make you feel? Uh, I was melancholy. I'm very close to Pete Carroll, for example, mm-hmm. yesterday. Like I, I didn't completely see that coming, but I wasn't shocked, shocked, shocked. So I'm, I'm not answering the bill question with that, but I kind of was off last night. Like, darn, you know, uh, so this we've kind of sniffed that it, it wouldn't continue there or 20% it would. How does it make me feel? Makes me, it's hard to do it immediately but appreciate what we saw, whether you rooted for, against, or had no thought as a fan to watch the Patriots. Appreciate greatness and the drive to be great and maybe look at ourselves at whatever job it is that we do, whether we're a plumber or whether you're on the radio or whether I'm on TV in my semi-retired state and like, you know what, while we're doing it, we might as well try to be the greatest that we can Hmm. because everybody expects that and, and because that's what, these great ones expected of themselves. I mean, I hope I'm not talking around in circles, but no. it's, we were lucky to see it, right, Greedy? We, we as fans were lucky to see it. And we were lucky to chronicle it. I mean, these are two living legends with Saban the day before as well. Boomer, I'm, I'm up yep. against it here. What a pleasure to hear your voice. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Happy New Year. We'll see you soon. I look forward to it. Thanks, Greedy. Okay. The great Chris Berman with his thoughts. We will gather the assembled members of the hashtag crew around us, and we'll spend the next hour and 45 minutes on the kind of stories that you rarely get once in a decade, much less twice in a day. We'll be right back on ESPN Radio. It's Demon Time on Prize Picks, where you can now win up to 100 times your money. That's right, 100 times your money. With as little as four correct picks, you can turn $10 into $1,000. Demons and Goblins are the newest and most exciting way to play at Prize Picks. Squares marked with red demons or green goblins get you different payouts. And as always, Prize Picks is really simple to play. You can make your picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. They even offer injury insurance so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stat types are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Go to PrizePicks.com/Greenberg and use code Greenberg for a first deposit match up to one hundred dollars. That's PrizePicks.com/Greenberg, code Greenberg for a first deposit match up to one hundred dollars. Prize Picks, pick more, pick less. It's that easy. 
passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Greeny, the podcast. Greeny with you on ESPN Radio. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. In 30 seconds, I will tell you the one thing everyone is getting wrong about both Nick Saban and Bill Belichick. There's one thing everyone is saying that's not right. So I'll get to those in 30 seconds, then we'll hear the thoughts of Hembo and Cam and Bubba and others on an unprecedentedly busy day in sports. But for those 30 seconds, this from Granger. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Uh, good morning to the hashtag crew. Hembo was here, Bubba and Cam with us, as always in Bristol. Um, the only thing I will say that everyone is getting wrong, I am uh, melancholy, I'm, I'm um, you know, in awe of the accomplishments of both Nick Saban and Bill Belichick. I, I thoroughly appreciate Marcus saying on Get Up this morning, let's not act like this is a funeral. This is a day to celebrate two of the greatest, if not the greatest careers we've ever seen in the history of their respective sports. They are people who actually embody the words living legend, which are overused. People will throw that phrase around sometimes. These guys truly are. The one thing that they get wrong that I think everyone is getting wrong is when they say, we'll never see this again. We'll see almost everything again. The reason that it's so special is because they've been going as long as they have these sports and no one's ever accomplished what these two have accomplished. And of course the world changes. And so some things become impossible. We'll never see anyone do what Cy Young did in baseball again, because it's just physically impossible. But what these two guys did is about winning, about consistent winning. And I think if we could go back, if someone could roll the tape on the day I was hosting here, when bear Bryant retired, I say jokingly, because obviously I wasn't hosting when bear Bryant retired, I guarantee you someone said, we'll never see anyone accomplish anything like this again. On the day Vince Lombardi retired, we'll never see anyone do anything like this again. The reason that these guys are so special is because they are part of that continuum. They are part of a lineage in college football. 
that dates in particular, that dates back to Newt Rockney and to Bear Bryant and to Joe Paterno and to Tom Osborne and to Urban Meyer and Nick Saban and the legendary coaches, the greatest coaches in the history of the sport. I didn't mean that to be a comprehensive list. And the point is that right now Saban sits atop it. And what makes it even better is that it doesn't end there. There will be more to come. And someday, if I'm lucky enough to still be doing this, and Hembo, you're lucky enough to still be doing this, we'll be sitting there saying, can this guy possibly win one more and break Saban's record? That's what it's about. And the same with Belichick. No one will ever win six Super Bowls again. You're right, except, sure they will. Someone will. I don't know when. It won't happen in our, may not happen in our lifetime. It may actually happen a lot sooner than you think. Who knows? The point of it is, History doesn't ever stop. The world keeps on turning. Sports keeps on turning. It's how we measure these things. We measure the passage of time by sports. So what makes it so special today is not that these guys' accomplishments will never be equaled, but that people will now spend the next generations of time trying to. They become the standards everyone chases. So that's one of the thoughts I had today. Hembo, go. I actually... I'd actually disagree with that thesis of yours. I actually think there go the last great American dynasties, and I'll tell you why. The NFL implemented its salary cap in 1994, and Bill Belichick is the only coach to be able to achieve anything approximating a fraction of the success that he enjoyed, getting to nine Super Bowls, winning six. No other coach since then has gotten to more than four. In Nick Saban's case, at Alabama, it was six titles, And over the last 15 years, either Alabama won the title or a team (laughs) that beat Alabama won the title seven more of those times. So 13 out of 15 years, the road to the title went through Tuscaloosa. We now have the transfer portal and the NIL and college football playoff expansion, which I think will render college football almost dynasty proof. There might be a greater coach in the NFL someday than Belichick and potentially in college than Nick Saban. I don't think there is a chance that someone can achieve the amount of championships that they won because the nature of the sports themselves render it impossible. Right, but we're making two completely different points. So um, is Mike Krzyzewski's accomplishment similar to, equal to, greater than John Wooden's based upon the era in which they were done? Hmm. I'm not... Raw numbers of titles, just counting rings, isn't the way to decide someone's greatness. You're right. The era is different. Everything has changed. Bill Belichick coached in an era where players were able to go where they wanted, when they wanted for the most part. And there were limitations on every team's roster uh, makeup based upon finance. Chuck Knoll didn't deal with that. Um, Vince Lombardi didn't deal with that. Bill Walsh didn't deal with that. Jimmy Johnson didn't deal with that. All those things go in the pot. I, I, the, the reason Nick Saban is the greatest coach in the history of college football is not because he won more titles than Bear Bryant. It's because he dominated an era in a way that no one else ever had before him. It's because relative to the time in which he did what he did, what he did could be viewed as greater than what Mm. anyone else had ever done. So yeah, maybe Andy Reid comes along now and this could happen as soon as 10 years from now. Andy Reid could win two more championships, and we might be talking about, well, does Andy, is, when you really think about it, is what Andy Reid did comparable to what Bill Belichick did? 
in the same way that there are people who are ready to say LeBron James is greater than Michael Jordan, even though he didn't win as many championships. In the same way, LeBron James perhaps surpasses Kareem Abdul-Jabbar by scoring more points. There, there are ways that we measure this stuff that aren't quite as linear as what you're describing. So, yeah, we may never see someone win six championships in a 15-year period again. But if someone wins three in a six-year period again, we may say, you know what that guy just did? When you consider the time in which he did it, that's even greater than what Saban did in the 2000s and the 2010s. I think you're, I think we're agreeing more than you realize. The fact that Saban, I think we're agreeing more than you realize. <laughs> the fact that Saban, I said it, you disagreed with me. I just said I think we're saying the same thing, and you just said we're agreeing more than you realize. To be as accomplished as they were in what I perceive to be the most difficult era in football to be accomplished is what I think will set them apart. 20, 30, 40 years from now. You could be right. Someone someday might surpass either or both of them, but I think the structure of the sports themselves lend itself to them being the goats, and we just happen to see it happen uh, concurrently, as I like to say. Yeah, and, and college football is so different. If I have one major disappointment in these two stories coming as close on each other's heels as they do, it's that I had so many things I wanted to say about Saban and the state of college football today and why Saban does what he does yesterday. And it just doesn't feel like I can really get into that today because we, we have to deal in what has just happened. Now, Bill Belichick is ending his 24-year run in New England with more championships than any other coach has ever won in the history of his sport. And it feels like we have to turn our attention to that. But there will come a time when I will tell you why I do not believe that Nick Saban would have left the sport had things not gone where they are in that sport today. Give me a little taste of that, though, and at least. We are Just all the taste. worse for it. So this is the fault of the NCAA. This is the fault of all of the college football coaches and administrators who have hoarded power and money for decades. So what happened was, in a time in the sport where it became obvious impossibly obvious to any reasonable observer that players needed to have some modicum of freedom over where they went to school and some reasonable ability to make a little money based upon their accomplishments there. Long after the time when that became obvious to everyone, the people who actually had the ability to stop it from happening dug their heels in. So names like Mark Emmert jumped to mind. I remember having a fight. Fight is the wrong word. I remember going off on Kirby Smart when he first became the coach of Georgia because he replaced a guy named Mark Richt. And Mark Richt had a policy where if the players who were playing for him were not happy there, they could transfer. And the first thing Kirby Smart did when he got to Georgia was remove that rule and place all sorts of limitations on players' ability to transfer out. Mm -hmm. That's patently unfair. And, of course, it goes without saying, all the conversations we had about whether or not players could receive a turkey sandwich, the gold pants, all of these stories that have happened over the many, many years, up to and including people thought that we were kidding. There were literally rules in the NCAA rulebook that said you could serve players bagels with cream cheese, but not with peanut butter because it changed the dynamic of what you were giving them. And by refusing to yield an inch... The sport was forced to change a mile. This thing wound up in court. 
and they, the, 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 the people who have been running it their own way for their own benefit got laughed at by any objective observer. And so the result, instead of reasoned, moderate, reasonable change, whereas wherein players could choose to transfer under the right circumstances, would not have ridiculous limitations placed on them solely because of a coach's whim. I remember having Bo Ryan, the, the former basketball coach at Wisconsin, on Mike and Mike one day, and we were yelling. I mean, we didn't yell at almost anybody, but we were yelling back and forth with him because he just started blocking players from going where they wanted to go, and he couldn't even give us a reason why. His reason was, well, that just seems to be what everybody does. So the point is, by refusing to make reasonable concessions and put in place um, a system that actually makes sense and wasn't and isn't completely unfair to players. They were forced to yield any semblance of control. So what we have now is the wild, wild west. I don't think anyone looks at what's going on now and saying, oh yeah, this is the best way to do this. The transfer portal being what it is, when a thousand players are in it every single day when, or every single season, when players are, when coaches are recruiting their own players to stay every single year, are recruiting other people's players every single year to come leave their programs, when these NIL deals are now completely out of control, no one is in control of the situation. I don't even know if it's a bad thing, but it's such a different thing that I think this is why Nick Saban is out of it. I think this is why Mike Krzyzewski is out of it. I think this is why, who else just got out of it recently? Jay Wright Bayheim got out of it. Roy. Well, Bayheim, I think, came, but, but Roy, th these legends are like, well, this is not what we do. It's a different job. It's a different job. And look, maybe this, I think this system is better than what it was. I think having players be completely unable, indentured servants, un unable to make any decisions about their own lives, and their own futures, and what was in their own best interest. That was not better than this. But the fault, the finger of blame, if you think the current system is not good, don't blame the players. Don't hate the player. Hate the game. Blame the overfed, fat coaches who took advantage of this for years, the ones who made $100 million contracts and said, if any one of my players ever get paid a cent, I'm getting out of the business because this is not what it's supposed to be. While they live in their mansions, those are the people to blame. And the NCAA and the ridiculous rules that existed so that, and, and, and the refusal to yield so much as an inch. What's the expression? You know, give them an inch, give it an inch a, take a, mile. a mile. If they had given mm -hmm. them an inch, they wouldn't have gotten a mile. But by refusing to give an inch, it wound up going a mile. And I think Nick Saban took a look at this thing and said, what do I need this for? So you said in your tweet yesterday, Nick Saban didn't need to put up with the utter nonsense that the sport has become. So you're telling me, in an honest moment, you think Nick Saban would say or will say, this is an unrecognizable thing and I don't like it, so I want it out. Before he necessarily would have otherwise. Absolutely. I don't know that he'll say that. I doubt he'll say it. Mm -hmm. But I think he will in... in in interviews with people who he trusts and, and, and will have a real conversation with him about it, I think he will talk openly about how broken the system is, as Mike Krzyzewski has and others, and I think that, that is, that's a good thing. Now, whether anyone is listening, whether anyone can do anything about it, it, it is just a shambles. You don't have anyone in charge. You don't have anyone in charge in the big picture. You don't have anyone in charge in the little picture. you got schools racing from this conference to that conference, get out of this deal, buyouts, all that stuff.
It's unrecognizable. Again, I am pro-player. I am pro-player getting money. I am pro-player having the freedom of choice to go where they want to go. But I'm, I'm not sitting here saying there should be no rules. I'm not sitting here saying I've never said there should be absolutely no structure in place to the system because what you have now is un, um, there's no way this can be sustained. It's unsustainable. And I think Nick Saban looked at it and said, look, if I had 20 more years to coach, maybe I'll ride it out mm-hmm. when it finds some reasonable new normal. But I think he's looking at day-to-day, year-to-year, what do I need this nonsense for? I can go work at ESPN on game day, and I can go play all my golf, and Miss Terry and I can watch Netflix, which made me laugh when I read it yesterday, and, <laughs> and, and, and all that. And um, I think that's why he did what he did yesterday. That's a man with so much wisdom to impart, and I'm glad you brought up the college game day possibility. We don't know anything, of course, but we've all heard the rumors that that could happen. We know he's been great on the show when he's been on it. Uh, Nick Saban, in my opinion, is the conscience of college football. And if we provided him that platform for three hours a week to be able to spout that wisdom, he might have as much an impact, if not more of an impact, in that capacity with that voice on that platform than he might have as the coach. If he actually feels like the structure of the sport is in such a bad place and he has the opportunity to say actually what he wants to, to be removed from the situation at Alabama um, in the NCAA and the like, I wonder if that's part of his calculus here Um, because there's obviously such an opportunity for Nick Saban to impart all of that wisdom. That's a great place for him to do it, and it would not surprise me at all if that's his next move. Yeah, I mean, I think Krzyzewski wanted to do that once upon a time. I remember him talking to us about it on Mike and Mike before he retired from coaching, and I think he just ran out of gas. Mm -hmm. He just ran out of steam. Um, And I think these people say, I came into this business, but those two two are, are very similar. Sometimes some people hate them because of their success. But I think that those are two guys who like no one's perfect. I'm not suggesting that neither of them had didn't have their flaws, their foibles or whatever. But by and large, I think Nick Saban and Mike Krzyzewski, who were the preeminent coaches of their time in their respective sports, did it the right way for the right reasons. Mm. And when they saw that that wasn't a thing anymore, when you couldn't succeed that way anymore, I think they both got out earlier than they otherwise would have. Uh, This is Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who switch and save with Progressive save nearly $750 on average. I don't have the thing open. Do we want to do the? When do you want to do the trivia? Do it here or you want to do it a little later? Wherever you want. All right, let's do it. Guys, you want to sneak it in? Let's do it. Go ahead, Hembo. Let's get trivia today. I've got some Nick Saban group trivia today. So what I'm looking at is a leaderboard of the most starts by an Alabama quarterback under Nick Saban. Most quarterback starts by an Alabama quarterback under Nick Saban. There are five players that have started at least 25 games for Saban at Alabama at the quarterback position. Who are those five players? Only five. Only five. Okay, that's a great question. We'll come back with the answer next on ESPN Radio. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. 
Reggie White, who's a defensive end for the Green Bay Packers, says that the firebombing of his church in Knoxville, Tennessee this week was the work of racists who may have been trying to hurt him. First there was one fire, then there was another, then there was another. It wasn't just Reggie's church that burnt down. Hundreds of churches burned in the 90s. I think we have a major problem in our country that we don't want to admit, and that has to do with racism. Was this 1996 or 1956? 30 for 30 podcast and Antscape presents Through the Flames. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. Death is the only punishment here. Now streaming, FX's Shogun. My master asks, what do you seek here? To vanquish our common enemies. Based on the global bestseller by James Clavell. War is coming. The epic saga of war, passion, and power. Let it come. FX's Shogun, now streaming on Hulu. Greeny, the podcast. Hi, right, Greeny with you on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive commercial insurance can protect your small business with over 30 coverage options, an easy-to-use mobile app, personalized discounts, and more. Get a quote in as little as six minutes at ProgressiveCommercial.com. Discounts and coverage selections not available in all states or situations. All right. Okay, and how are your trivia skills? This is Sneaky Hembo Trivia. Regular sneaky or extra sneaky? Hembo, today's question. There are five Alabama quarterbacks that started at least 25 games under Nick Saban. You're going to give me a list of five, and we'll see how many of your five match mine. Okay, so we went over it, the three of us, uh, Bubba, Cam, and I went over it during the break, and we think we've got it. Like, what makes me nervous about this, fellas, is that it almost feels... Two. Oh, wait a minute. What just happened here? The camera just went to our control room in Bristol. What happened to Cam? Ooh, yeah. Cam. What? Did someone hold you down and shave all your hair off? <laughs> I always look like this. What are you talking about? You don't ever look like this. You've always had hair, and now you have almost no hair. Did you get drafted into the army the yesterday? Best part of you is gone. Not yet. I have not, that but I a, look like I'm about to. Why you got, you did you gotta, do this? You got to pull back the uh, headphones. We can fully see. No, yes, no, 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 no. Oh. Worse, way worse. Oh. Leave the headphones on and potentially a hat. <laughs> what, what, what happened to you? I got my head shaved. Why? Yeah, you know, just changing things up. That's terrible. New, new year, new me. No, no. Terrible. B- b- new year, bad you. Terrible you. I'm you- glad to know that when two of the greatest coaches move on to separate <laughs> things, we still have time to make fun of our hashtag crew members' appearances. Oh, no, I'm not, I'm not making fun now. I'm, I'm genuinely offering condolences. <laughs> you I mean, said new year, bad you. Yes, you look. that's not making fun. I'm making an obvious statement. In fact, you look terrible. I mean, I'm, I'm really, I'm concerned. This is a terrible decision you've made. We need to talk about it later. Okay. What I've realized today is that you just don't like change. Saban and Belichick are gone. <laughs> You're very upset about it. I shave my head. You're very upset about it. Like, you want everything to just stay status quo. No, that's not necessarily true. Saban being out of college football makes college football worse. Belichick being out of New England makes makes New England worse. You shaving your head makes your head much, much worse. <laughs> and I'm just pointing that out. Yeah. There are there are changes for the better that happen all the time, and I'll be more than happy to point that out. Now, it's too busy a day for me to get sidetracked by something, despite how jarring it is. And I mean, it is jarring. But anyway... We've got five names. So how do you want me to do this? You want me just to go through the five? Yes, yeah, so I want you one to at a time? give them one at a time uh, by order in which you're confident. 
Well, I'm extremely confident that one of them is Jalen Hurts. Uh, that's correct. Okay. He started 28 games. We are extremely confident that one of them is Tua Tungavailoa. That is incorrect. Oh, my God. <laughs> Tua started 24 Yikes. games. I would not have put him high oh, on my confidence. No. Well, level. what's the difference? We either get all five or we don't. The other three that we have are Bryce Young, uh, Greg McElroy, and A.J. McCarron. And those all three are right. You're missing number five. Number five is John Parker Wilson, the first quarterback oh that Saban ever had. <laughs> Bubba said, I said him. his name earlier. Oh. Let's go back to Cam's hair. Uh, I said JPW. <laughs> I'm so upset. You did not say JPW. He did back here. Not in your ear, but he I did say I never it. said it in my presence. This this is the first time I've heard the words John Parker and I, Wilson well, said, said in you, consecutive order in my anyone, entire life. Is there anyone we need to do beforehand? And you said, nope, McElroy's the first quarterback. There's no one beforehand. That's true. This is a horrible moment. All right, so at, what did Brandon get it right? Uh, no, he got the same five as you guys did. Oh, damn it! Okay, give me the list. I mean, give us, give me our our, our standings. Well, I'm three and four. Bubba's three and four. You're two and five. Brandon's one and three. Jack's zero oh and one. See, I don't see any reason to do them in the order of confidence. We're going to give you five. If we don't get them all right, we're wrong anyway. So what's the difference? I think it's just more dramatic. We weren't. Go- no, I get it, but we weren't. I was. I was very sure about Tua. I think it huh? makes sense though, because if then if you're if you're wavering, then you can maybe make a decision. Like, no, wait. I get it, but we didn't have any other options. To my point, no one said we had John, John Parker, Parker Wilson. Wilson. I said it. I told you, you did not say it. No, John I, Parker I said Wilson. It he said it to me. How did he have time while he was busy writing all those marches for the marching bands? <laughs> <laughs> Who's that guy? Uh, John Philip Sousa. Same thing. I mean, the, the, between that and Cam's hair, I'm all thrown off by this. Crimson Tide forever. All right, what were you going to say about Belichick? Oh, I think there's a. I want to play the bite before I before I uh, give this to you because uh, on Get Up today, Adam Schefter in the nine o'clock hour came on and said that Bill Belichick and his standing as a free agent looms large over the playoffs. Play that for me. The board is wide open, and I think today's developments could could lead to other changes potentially, whether that's with a team in the playoffs or out of the playoffs. We will see. But that's going to be something that all owners have to decide. And I think as the playoffs get underway this weekend, to a certain extent, Bill Belichick looms over them. Mm. Because if there's a team that falls on its face and falls flat, then that owner knows Mm. that there's quite an accomplished, proven coach out there right now. And I think Bill Belichick knows from his previous experiences with Tom Brady and Post-Tom Brady, it's important for him to have a quarterback, and I don't know that he goes to a place that doesn't have one. Green, you got th- I got three teams for you. I got three well, teams for you. One of them you is obvious. That I could mean, fall flat on their face. Yeah, Philly is one of them. There are two sure. more. Is Dallas one of them? Dallas is one of them. I have a hard time picturing that, but I hear you. You're going to tell me there's a third one. There's a third team. A coach In the that, playoffs. Mm-hmm, that could lose this weekend and lose his job. This could be our redemption for trivia if we guess this right. Well, but, I mean, Buffalo. This, is, this Buffalo. is just his opinion. No way. They're going to fire Sean McDermott after this season? Buffalo. After winning five straight games to finish up their run? If He's they, not going within the division. If they lose to Pittsburgh as a double-digit favorite and Josh Allen's sitting there and Bill Belichick is sitting there, you're telling me they're not having that conversation? Meaning the owners aren't having the or the owners can have whatever conversation they want. I don't picture it. How I many times when, can the Bills fall flat on their face in the playoffs and then keep Sean McDermott? They're so close. They're like a razor-thin margin away from being a Super Bowl team. They wouldn't hire him, though. I mean, I don't know that they wouldn't hire him. I mean, maybe you would hire him. I, I can't speak to it one way or another. I feel like, I feel like 
Sean McDermott, I would have I would have been 100% with you six weeks ago. Mm. But I think that by taking control of things the way he did and making the controversial firing that he made and installing Joe Brady as his offensive coordinator, the way that defense has stabilized and is playing so well now, the way um, this offensive move has worked, winning five straight to finish up your season. Yeah, look, I guess anything can happen. I don't. Ex- first of all, I don't expect them to lose to... Nothing could surprise me that might happen in the upcoming playoffs more than them losing to Pittsburgh. Okay, do you agree with that? Yes, that's the likeliest. That's the likeliest team to win this weekend. That, that, and this weekend and any weekend, there's literally nothing that could happen in this postseason that would surprise me more than Buffalo losing this weekend. So, I, I guess I'm not going to dispute what you're saying, but I will 100% co-sign Philly for you. And you were the one who brought this up earlier this week, and I've been banging the drum on get up. You want to talk, you have a quarterback in place. You have a structure in place. You have people you respect. Howie Roseman, I think everyone respects him. You're looking for a, someone who just comes in and resurrects the program in a hurry, which a 72-year-old can do as well as a 52- or 32-year-old can do. I like everything about that one. It makes all the sense in the world. Let's not just leave Bill Belichick and try to match him with the current vacant jobs. Shefty said today on Get Up, it's very likely he wants to go somewhere that already has a quarterback. And he doesn't necessarily have to go to one of these openings. Bill Belichick could create a job opening by being Bill Belichick. Sure. That's absolutely on the list of options. If you're an owner and you feel like your team underperformed in the playoffs, you, you're doing the math. You might, have had a, you might have a good coach. But if the applicant pool is what the applicant pool is, it changes the math this year more than any other. It should. I mean, it should. I, I don't disagree with that. He would never coach the Jets. But if he would, I would, I would, I would go pick him up. Any way he wanted in Foxborough, and I would, I would bring him, I'd fly him down, I'd drive him down, I'd train him down. Would you down. sail down I, what, all if, the way if, from Nantucket? If one can do that, absolutely. I mean, I, you know, I, there once was a coach from Nantucket, and I think, you know, and, and anyway, no, I mean, I, I, I agree with what you're saying. Teams should be considering that. I have so many thoughts in my head on this. All right, we're just getting started. Stay there. Another hour of coaching carousel conversation is next. for listening to Greeny the podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio or watch the show through the watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcasts.